Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. I'm Tim Blevins, lead pastor, and I'm honored you have come to join us. To experience our full service or for more information, check out the links in the description. I hope this message ministers to you and helps you find life in Jesus. Yes. Summer camp, whoa, bright light came on. Summer camp was amazing. I kind of wish I was back there, but also my sleep schedule is very thankful that I am, uh, am not. Did, it, did any of you guys like crash on Thursday afternoon when you got home? Bailey and I just napped from like three to seven that night, but camp was amazing. I'm so glad that we got to have a, a video just to show the rest of you what it was like, but we really had just an incredible week and I'm just going to take a few moments to, I guess, share with you guys what, what God did at camp and you know, God is so good. And there is something that I knew, but I had to be reminded of this week that we were at camp. And I want to encourage you guys with the same, that God has no limits. A lot of times we put limits on God and we do the things like, oh, God would never do that. God would never do this. But God actually has no limits. And when we entered this, this room at camp and, and God just moved in such a powerful way that it didn't matter what room we were in. It didn't matter what had or hadn't happened during the day, but it was all about just letting God move. And He showed up so powerfully. And you know, Scott shared this a few weeks ago at church and at camp when he was with us, but the presence of God, and God actually loves to be with his people. I think a lot of times we feel like we have to twist his arm and we have to tick all the right boxes and maybe we have to pray for over five minutes before he starts listening. But when we come and just open hearts and we say, God, just have your way, God, we worship you. He is so excited to come and dwell amongst his people. And that's why church is so powerful because he, he meets with us when we gather and we praise him. And you know, I remember last year's camp, if you were here, you heard me talk about this super powerful, incredible last night of worship that we had. And it wasn't in the schedule or the planning when Bailey and I thought through camp, but we got there and it just kind of happened that we just sat and we worshiped for hours this last night. And that was last year and this year leading up to it, Bailey and I, when we were planning about it, it was probably our biggest stress point because the last thing we wanted to do was try and manufacture this moment. Like we didn't want to, to try and to make it happen again if that wasn't God, but we also knew it was so powerful. And I just remember we got there and we just said, God, have your way tonight. We're just going to step aside. We're just going to worship and we're just going to sit there. And if your presence, it's moving again, have your way. And just like the year before, we sat and we worshiped for hours in this little room on these concrete floors. But what was so precious and so beautiful is that when God moves, He doesn't just move in the same way as He did but he always has something fresh and something new and something more. And he knew what that room needed specifically and he moved in such a powerful way through that. And so on this last night of camp, we just sat and we worshiped. And you know, Bailey and I, we have two goals when it comes to camp. The reason we put on camps, what we want every student to be able to say at the end of the week is number one, mom, dad, I had so much fun. I can't wait for next year. We want it to be a lot of fun. That's why we do all the colors and the blob, you know, where we launched kids in the air. When I was a student, we had a blob and it was the funniest thing, watching people belly flop and land on their heads. This year when we did it, and I was responsible for these students, and Liliana just went up and straight down. It was one of those, oh my gosh, Bailey, what have we done? Like everyone's going to come back with, but they were all fine. But it was awesome. But we had a lot of fun. But the second goal is that we want every student to be able to go home and say, Mom, Dad, God moved in my life. Mom, you won't believe that I got to grow in my faith this week. I got to hear from God this week and he did it in every session God did something new and powerful as these students just just came hungry to worship 
And you need to know about this youth group is that they are a worshiping youth group. They love to worship and to just to be in his presence. And, you know, as we were at this last night of camp and students were on the ground just crying, praying for one another, arms around each other. I just remember thanking God because we weren't sure what this would look like. And he reminded me and just pressed on my heart. He said, do you think that I would have these students gather to only give them half of me? And what you need to know tonight, tonight, sorry, this morning, church, is that when we gather, God doesn't hold back from us. God, He comes in His fullness and everything that He is. And when we worship, He brings His full presence. He doesn't give His heart in pieces. And so it was just such a powerful week. And before I get into my message this morning, I just want to thank you all as a church for every prayer, every dollar, every fundraiser, every little thing that you guys did, every encouragement just before we left. We were able to sponsor 12 kids to come to camp, which is amazing. 12 students were able to, to be there at camp and to have their lives changed because of God. So thank you for that. And we also had 18 new students this year. So 18 students who'd never been to a camp before. And what I wanna thank you, if you are a parent in here who sent your children, thank you so much for trusting Bailey and I. That is something that we will never take for granted or take lightly, the fact that you would so willingly drop your child off 8 a.m. Monday morning and know that Thursday afternoon we're gonna be there and it's all good. But it is, a, it is a privilege to lead this youth group. And then thirdly, just kind of like Bailey said, I want you to know that there is a group of world changers coming up. That Echo Youth is a, a youth group of world changers, people who know who they are in Christ and they're ready to, to stand and to worship and to change the world around them for Jesus because they know who He is, they know their Creator. And it's awesome. And so off the back of all that, off the back of camp and our amazing worship team this morning, I am excited to preach today. But before I get into that, I have to thank a few people. So firstly, Pastor Tim and Harriet, thank you so much for allowing me to speak this morning and allowing our youth group to take over. It is a privilege to be here and a part of this church. And I also want to give a big shout out to my mum and dad from Australia, who uh, they flew all the way from Australia and they've been here this week and they're it just worked out that they were here the day that I get to preach, which is special. But I really am blessed with the two best parents in the whole world. And they've helped, oh my gosh, sorry, and taught me so much. And so I wouldn't be here without them. So thank you. Um, I'm going to pray and then the tears will go away. And that's going to be awesome. But uh, if you all pray with me before I get into it. Um, dear Jesus, thank you so much for today, Lord. Thank you for the privilege and the blessing it is to gather in your house on a Sunday morning and every Sunday morning, God. Thank you for what you did at camp, Lord. Thank you for the middle school and high school students whose lives were changed and touched because of you, God. And right now I pray that, that as this message, Father, that it comes from you, Lord, that it is your words, it is your message to your people, God, that you would anoint my lips, Father, and that anything that is of me would fall away, God, and that you would just speak and have your way throughout this service today. God, we give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, I have a question for everyone. Who here likes to eat? Who, who enjoys a good meal, some good food? It's okay. Food is great. I often go like, because you'll eat like a really big meal one time and you get to that feeling where you're like, ah, oh, I could never, I'd, I'd never going to be able to eat again. And you know, you get the like way too full kind of just trudge around the house and, and the crash. And what's amazing is a few hours later, at least for me, I'm hungry again and I am so excited to eat again. So I love to eat. And one of the things that I love about Wilmington is I feel like there are more restaurants here than people. Like there are so many food places to eat. Like everywhere you go, it's like, oh my gosh, 
food, 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 food everywhere, which is amazing, but it makes date night dinners kind of hard because there's a lot of options to choose from, which I guess is a good problem to have because we have lots of options. But in Australia, the dining experience is quite different. So we don't eat out as much. We uh, eat meals cooked at home a little bit more. And when you go out, the portion sizes are a little bit smaller. Or let me say the portion sizes in America are, are a lot bigger. And uh, Australia may have average size, Americans have big size food. But the other thing that Australians do not do free refills. So in Australia, if you go to a restaurant, you get your, your soda or whatever for the day. You have to tactically space out that liquid for your whole meal. So you take a little bit to start and you just get the taste of the Sprite or whatever it is. But then you have to make that thing last the whole meal. So it is a tactical decision. And often my brother and I, we'd have to sit there just staring at our drinks, waiting for our food to come out. And so when I first moved to America, every meal I was getting these massive portions and free refills. And I, I almost thought that I was in heaven. It was like, this, this is too good to be true. And then there was sweet tea. Australia does not have sweet tea. And there is nothing better than some sugared flavored liquid. But I remember I tried sweet tea for the first time and I was like, wow, this, this is it. This is, the, this is the milk and honey they were talking about in the Old Testament. And I would, I would drink some of this sweet tea and before you know it, this, this waitress or waitress, they've refilled it. And so it's this magical process if you just keep drinking sweet tea. And so I would have refill off, sorry, mom, refill after refill after refill. And it was amazing, but my teeth probably weren't thanking me. And one time my mom, she came to visit and she said, wow, Lachlan, you've put on weight. And so um, that was the time that the sweet tea stopped and I had to uh, ration myself a little bit more. But over the course of my lifetime of eating good food, I have learned that there are some foods that do not and should not go together. And some people out here, you may be an experimenter when it comes to your food and you try the things, but there are just some flavors and combinations that are not meant to go together. And when I was a youth leader in Sydney, my friend Tyrone and I, we were given the mantle, the, the ministry opportunity to come up with the games every youth group night. And if you've ever been in youth group, you know that that's an important part of the night because it is, it's the message and then the game. It's pretty much right there. That's the, the bread and butter of youth group. And so... We came up with this one month, we were going to do a whole bunch of food challenges. That was going to be our thing. So one week we had socks that were soaked in a, like a bucket of baked beans, basically. And then you would take this sock out and put it over a can of Sprite. And these students would have a race to see who could finish their Sprite faster through the bean sock. And you weren't there. But the original game... The original game, they want kids to use their own socks. So we at, least, we at least provided new socks so it wasn't quite as disgusting. But another night we had, are there any McDonald's fans out here? It's okay, guilty pleasure, cheeseburger. It's, they're fries, you can't really beat it. But McDonald's in Australia, or Maccas as we like to call it, they had this $5 meal deal called a $5 feed. And it was a cheeseburger, a small fries, a small drink, and a sundae. Now, for Australia, that's a pretty good $5 deal. So before youth, that was like every kid had a $5 feed. Everyone, that was the snack of the day, dinner of the day. And so I decided that it would be really fun if we blended a $5 feed together for this challenge. Yes, you're all smart people. I, however, I genuinely thought that I was a genius. I was like, I've just made fast food faster. It all goes together anyway, so why not blend it to go, protein shakes, like all the things that it's just so much more efficient. So I you know, thought of this challenge and Tyrone was like, yeah, 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 that's awesome. Let's do that. And 
So we got this $5 feed and we were there, we had our blender. So I drop in the cheeseburger, the Sprite, the fries, the ice cream. And I still, I genuinely think I'm a genius at this point. I'm like, this is going to be great. It all goes together. I've got the liquids and the solids, so it's not going to be too runny or too gloopy or whatever. Sorry. And then we do this thing and we blend it and I open the lid and the smell that arises from this blender without going into too many details, smelt like throw up. It was disgusting. Genuinely like the worst, you know the smell, it's the worst thing ever. But Tyrone and I had this 15 minute segment and the show has to go on and the students had to drink it, not me. So we start pouring this into cups and we're like, you know what, this is gonna be, this is gonna be great. And it was a nightmare. It was, everyone was like, just, they just could not, they couldn't get there. They couldn't even swallow any of it, it was so bad. And so while Tyrone and I are trying to figure out what to do, one of the students up there grabs Tyrone's mic and says, who thinks Lachlan should drink the smoothie? And you know, it was one of those like, wow, okay, kid, like sit down moments. But before I knew it, the whole crowd starts chanting, Lachlan, Lachlan, Lachlan. And I, you have to do it at that point. You've made, you just, you have to do it. And a little piece of me in the back of my head was like, they're just being babies. It's not that bad. Like it still all goes together. And so I grabbed this cup of McDonald's smoothie. And as I start to like just drink it and watch it fold, this same student comes and smacks the back of the cup and everything just falls out on my face and gross, 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 gross. So I learned two things that day. One, don't give students the microphone unless you're prepared for what's about to happen. And two, there are some foods that are not meant to go together. There are just some things that you don't blend. And the point of the story here, there is one, I promise, that was a classic youth pastor way of setting up the point, is that God, he has created every single one of you. Every single one of you here, every single one in the world, God has created you. And when you say yes to Jesus, what actually happens is we are set apart. God, he calls us out of the kingdom of darkness and he brings us into the kingdom of light and heaven. And he says, you are a new creation. I have set you apart. And what happens when we are set apart is we have to realize as Christians that there are some things we can no longer be blended with. That there are some things in the world that we have to, to not mix ourselves with. We have to actually stay set apart. Thank you. And so this year at camp, our theme was that, it was set apart. And my goal and our prayer for all of the students is that they would know that once they say yes to Jesus, once they make that decision to join the family and to be, to be in the kingdom, to have an eternal future in heaven, that our lives actually have to look different. We can no longer look like the rest of the world because the things of the world should matter less the more we focus on the things of God and seek Him. And the good news for all of us today is that once you say yes to Jesus, your last name changes. You're in His family. You're a son, you're a daughter of the King, you're with your brothers and sisters and you are in His family and there's nothing that can take that away. But when you join a family, you then have to start living a different way. Your life has to start looking a little bit different and set apart. And so while we were having our last night of worship at camp, while we were going through this thing about being set apart, Scott, who came to lead worship for us that night, and I don't know if he's here, but I'm just gonna brag on Scott for a moment. He was asked maybe Monday afternoon if he could come and lead worship for us Wednesday night. And he was so willing and so ready. And he came with just such a beautiful anointing to lead worship that night. And so we are blessed to have Scott lead worship here. So if you can thank Scott. We're just so blessed by, by him. And also Chandler, who he drove up in the middle of all of his house stuff to come and lead worship with us Tuesday night. We really have amazing leaders here at Life Church. 
But he came and he just led us in worship for about two and a half hours. And he had a few songs planned, but the spirit just took over and he led him. There's this one song that he sang and it's, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, to break every chain, to break every chain. And so we just started declaring that over and over and our students, they were singing that. And then there's a second part to this song and it says, there's an army rising up. There's an army rising up. And so we sang that over and over and then Scott at some point, he stepped away from the microphone and he just started strumming and playing the song and without any prompt or any words on the screen, to my left, I start to hear and see a group of middle school girls. They just start singing, there's an army rising up. These middle school girls, the youngest group of the bunch, they start singing, there's an army rising up. And what happens within minutes is everyone in the room starts singing, there's an army rising up. And I watch as those who were seated and knelt in prayer, they start to stand themselves and they start to declare that there is an army rising up. There's an army rising up. And I was able to watch as 39 students, every single one who came from camp, from the youngest to the eldest, they stood up and they decided that enough is enough that we are no longer gonna let the enemy have his way with our generation. But there were 39 students at Camp Rockfish who said, there's an army rising up, who said, I'm gonna take my place and I'm gonna stand for Jesus. I'm gonna live set apart. And it was this powerful moment and there was so much prophetic edge to it in the song and them singing and just declaring it without a prompting. And it's led me to this message this morning that I believe is for all of us as a church. And it's the title is, it's time to stand. It's time to stand. You know, if the Christians aren't gonna stand, then no one will. If we're not gonna lean on His Word and look to Him and stand for Jesus in our places, then no one will. And so I'm gonna read this morning from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50. And it's Paul talking to the church in Corinth. And he says, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God, he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. And Paul, he's writing this to the church in Corinth and they're trying to figure out how to adjust to this new revelation of Jesus to a Saviour. And he's telling them that there is a hope that at the end of the day that all you are in the family, you're gonna spend heaven, spend time in heaven with Jesus for eternity. You're gonna to get to that place. You're gonna to get to worship forever. You have life. But until that day, from that moment on, until that day comes, there is a purpose for your every day. There is something that you have to do every day. There is an intentionality to the days that you live. And so he's telling them to stand firm, to hold on to this hope, but let nothing move you and know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And in a way, I would love to echo those words to our youth students who are at camp, to all of the people sitting here who are in service, who, who worship and who gather together, that, that we're gonna get to that one day where we get to spend eternity with our Saviour. We get to go and we get to worship forever and live in paradise. But until that day comes, 
There is a purpose in your everyday. There is a mission for you on this earth, in your daily life, in your walk. And it's time for us to stand. And maybe you're here this morning and you, you feel like you've moved. That that stand firm that once was, maybe you've shifted a little bit or you've swayed or you've lost your way just a little bit. And you're like, I I've lost my chance. I had it and it's gone. Let me tell you this morning that God's not done with you yet. You haven't missed your chance because the Bible tells us that His mercies are new every morning. That there is something new for you every day. There's a reason you woke up this morning. There's a reason you're here in this place today. And Paul, he is telling the church in Corinth and in the same way he's telling all of us today that to understand that every day matters. So stand, stand firm and let nothing move you. And the reality is that if we as the church, as the body of believers, if we aren't the one who are standing firm, who are holding on to the hope and the truth that we know, then the world is gonna miss the beauty of their Savior. Because there's a world out there who needs Christians to stand up and show the love of God, to speak the truth, to be His hands and feet in the world so that they can come to know Jesus. And so this morning, I wanna take the next few moments and just jump into what that looks like for us as believers. How do we stand firm? How do we hold on to this hope? How do we take this charge? And how do we stand firm? Because we know that the winds and the storms are gonna come. Sundays are amazing, but we know Monday's just around the corner. We know that the weeks happen and things happen. So how do we stand firm? And you know, the Bible describes our lives as Christians as a race. It says, run out the race with perseverance, the race that is marked out for you. And so holding on to that analogy and that thought, I wanna encourage you guys that our Christian lives are like a race. We are in a race. We are running from a starting line to a finish line. And so my first point this morning and how we stand firm is we have to first get up. When I was in school, we would have in our classrooms all of these quotes and Bible verses because I went to a Christian school over the walls in all the classrooms. And there was this one quote that, that always stuck out to me and it came to me when I was thinking about this service today. And it's this quote that says, even if you are on the right track, you'll get run over if you just sit there. Making it to the starting block, making it to the track is not the same as running the race. The end of the race is not at the start. And it seems pretty obvious when I say it in terms of a running race, but what happens to a lot of people is they say yes to Jesus. And don't get me wrong, that is the best decision you will ever make. I'm not trying to take away from that. But they say yes to Jesus and there's celebration and there's excitement. And then they just sit at the starting blocks. And they're like, awesome, I'm here, I made it. Woo, this is great. And they're missing the rest of the life that there's still a race that they have to run. And if you're, not, if you're just sitting there and you're not walking in your faith, growing every day, being led by His Spirit, listening to His voice, then I wanna encourage you that God has more for you, that there is more for you in your walk with God. And you know, for Bailey and I, when it comes to our youth group, we are passionate about seeing students saved. We are passionate about our students inviting their friends who don't know God to come and hear about this Savior and then to see them say yes to Jesus is the most exciting thing that, that we ever get to see but we are also just as passionate about watching them and helping them walk out in everything that God has for them. And it's the same for you all as a church. It doesn't matter how young or how old you are, that there is a course that God has for you and we are all called to walk it out every day, a daily walk with Him. And if you're just sitting there and you're not walking in your faith and growing every day, we're missing out on the fullness that He has. A relationship with God means that every day we can grow. Every day is an opportunity to learn. Because what's so incredible about God is that there is no limit to Him. He never ends. 
And so that means every day, every moment we seek Him and we chase after Him, we can learn something new. We can grow a little bit more. We can keep pursuing Him because He will never run out of moments with us. And what I think I've seen happen in a lot of students and people is we have allowed our faith to become stagnant rather than active. We've allowed it to become about who we are, but not the way that we live. And we are on the right track, but we've sat down and we're at a place in history where the Christians can't afford to sit down anymore. It's time to get up. The second thing you need to do is you need to own your space. I did a little bit of research last night because I wanted some up-to-date stats, but there are currently 7.96 billion people on planet Earth right now. That's a lot of people to think about the world. But I wanted to go a step further, so I Googled how many total people have lived across the history of time. And obviously it can't be an exact number, but most people estimate that over 100 billion people have at some point called the earth their home. A hundred billion people at some point since the creation of the world to right now have walked somewhere on this planet, have have gone about their daily life somewhere on this planet, have tried to figure it out. 100 billion people. And what makes that number even crazier and more mind-blowing is that out of all of those people, there's only been one of you, there will only be one of you. You are unique. You are the only one like you. You are original that out of 100 billion people, God made you so intentionally and so purposefully. You were designed by the Creator and He made you specifically for this time that we're living in. You know, a lot of the fight today when it comes to people is this idea of self-worth. People feel like we aren't good enough. We aren't pretty enough. We try to measure up to things and we can never do it. We don't do the right things. We we go through all of these just self-doubts when the reality is so much more the opposite that God, He created you just the way he wanted to. He created you with purpose, with design. He thought of you and he created you. There are no mistakes when it comes to God. And out of all the billions of people who have ever lived, God looked at this specific time and this specific place and he said, the world needs one of you. He said, the world needs one of you and me and everyone here. The world needs it right now. And when you think about that and you think all of the heroes in the Bible that we read about and all the heroes of the faith that we get to learn about in history, God is calling you and I to be the hero of the faith in our time and our place right now. And what that looks like is it looks like standing firm in the places that He's put you, the places that your feet go. Parents, God has given you your children as a gift. Parent them knowing that God's with you in every moment. Bosses and employees, the place that you work is an opportunity for you to steward and shine the light of Christ. Students, your schools and your friendships, they are the places that God has called you to stand up for Him because He knows the people that you will interact with need to know Him. And the reality is that you will go places that no one on the church staff will go. We can't just let the pastors and the preachers be the only ones talking about Jesus because I know there are places that you go that I won't. There are places that you walk that Pastor Tim and Pastor Harriet, they can't go to because it's not their life. And so you have to own the space that you're in. When you think of a race, think of these these runners and these athletes from the sprints to the, the marathons, they have a team of people. They have science, they have all the right training and recovery and equipment and anything they can get their hands on. They have coaches, but at the end of the day, they are the only people who can run that race. And so what that means for us is that have a church family. Have a team around you, have people that you can lean on that can support you and share and talk with you. But at the end of the day, know that you have to make the choice to run your own race. You have to make the choice to stand in your lane and to say, God, I thank you for what you've given me. I thank you for the places you've placed my feet. 
Let me run for you. Let me own my space. And know that God has placed you in every place you find yourself for a reason, to stand firm for Him and to shine your light, to steward it well. And my third point for us this morning, for us to stand firm, we need to refuel and refresh. There's this phrase, if you've been around church people long enough, you may have heard this idea of burnout. And what happens, and I've seen it happen so many times for students and and everyone, is that they get this spark. They come to a camp and they have this incredible moment of worship and of praise and God does something and He lights a fire in their lives. And for the next few months, going to church is the most exciting thing in the world. Reading the Bible is the most exciting thing in the world. But over time, as, as time goes on and life happens and we jump back into school and all the things, that flame kind of just dwindles down and dwindles down until we reach a point where we go, we're just burnt out and we're dry and we're empty. And what I want to encourage us on all this morning is that we're never gonna have the endurance to run the race if we aren't constantly spending time with Jesus, with our source. He is the one that refuels and refreshes you and gives you strength and courage and fills you with His Spirit to take on the next day, to run that next step of the race. If you think about a marathon or or any long distance race, at points around the track, they have water stations. They have people that are giving out hydration water because an athlete knows the importance of staying hydrated through the whole race. They know that if they're not hydrated and they're not putting in enough energy, they're not gonna make it to the finish line. And we can't run our race to the best of our ability if we also don't understand the importance in staying refueled. When you look to the Bible and you think of Jesus, Jesus is the ultimate example of what a life on earth should look like. And it's a standard we will never reach because He is perfect, but He is our model and He is what we should be striving towards every day. And so often you read out throughout the Gospels, it says that Jesus often withdrew by Himself to pray. He stepped away from the crowds. He stepped away from the people that were were desperate for a touch and a healing. And He took the time to just spend with His Father. And if Jesus, the Son of God, if He demonstrated to you and I through these stories that He needed time to refuel and recharge in the presence of God, what that says for you and I is that we also need to make spending time in His presence a priority. We need to make refueling and refreshing and reconnecting to the source a priority, a constant thing. Jesus, He set the example for us and you and I, we don't have the strength on our own to stand firm. We can't do it in our natural self because life just gets too crazy. But when we lean on God, when we refresh, when we reconnect with Him, He actually gives us the strength to stand, to stand firm, to let nothing move us. And He strengthens us for the next day that we have. I wanna read this story from the book of Acts and it's the same one that I shared on our last night of summer camp. And it's in Acts chapter four, verse seven to 13. And Peter and John, they're being questioned by these religious leaders after they have healed a, a lame beggar by the side of the temple. And so the religious leaders, they ask in verse seven, by what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed." Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And the religious leaders, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men 
had been with Jesus. And what I love about this story is the description of Peter and John is they were ordinary and unschooled men. They were nobodies. They were just these two people living their lives, but what set them apart was that they had been with Jesus. Their distinguishing feature was that they were filled with boldness because they'd been with Jesus. And you know what happens for you and I, and when we spend time with Jesus, He empowers us. He strengthens us. He lets us walk into opportunities and we can be bold and speak the name of Jesus and we can watch things turn around because He is with us. For you and I to run our race, we need to constantly spend time with Jesus. Peter and John, they demonstrated it. They sought after the Father. They sought His presence. They spent time with Jesus and they were able to walk out the race that God had called to them. His presence needs to be everything for you and I. It can't just be a once a week thing on Sunday mornings or a once a year thing at camp or youth group. His presence has to be our daily source. It has to be our wake up, God, I'm, I'm chasing after your presence. God, let me sit in your presence because that's where I know the strength and the empowerment comes. And the beautiful full circle picture here is that as we run our race, as we get up, we stand in our lane and we step into all that God has for us. We seek Him and we constantly refuel and refresh in Him. What happens is the world gets to see Jesus too. That the people around you, they start to see that Jesus is working in your life and they can't help but ask, what is this? What, what do you have? What are you doing? Why can you, how can you be like that? Why can you stand like this? What is happening? And they start to see Jesus through the way that we live because we have found Him because we are standing in Him. And the goal of every Christian is that we would run our race and we would live in such a way that the world can't help but see Jesus through our lives. And so if you all bow your heads and close your eyes, I would just love to pray over us all as we, as we close out this service. And I know that this, this standing firm, this rising up, this taking a place, it's not, it's not necessarily an easy thing to consider. Because it's us actually saying, you know what, I'm done just being blended with the world. I'm gonna stand up. I'm gonna stand out. I'm gonna let Jesus fill me and I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be bold. And for us to do that to our best of our abilities, we have to have Jesus in the middle of everything. And so dear God, right now, I just pray over this room, Lord. I pray over your church that you have gathered here, Father. I thank you that you have created every single one of them individually, Lord, that you see them, you know their name. You know everything that they're going through. And right now, God, I pray that we as a church, we would stand, that we would take our place, that we would be a part of the army that is rising up for you, God. And that as we run our race, God, I pray that we continue to refresh in you. We continue to seek and chase after all that you have, God, because without you, we can't do this. And so God, we just give you all of us today and we say, have your way in our lives. Fill us, give us the strength, lead us, God, allow us to stand firm in the places that we find our feet. In Jesus' name, amen. And I also wanna take a moment to pray for anyone in this room who maybe you've never said yes to Jesus. Maybe you're in here or, and you're like, I've never been a part of the family. I don't know what it is to, to say yes to Jesus or maybe you've been walking away for, for some time. Today is the day for you to come back to Jesus, the day for you to say yes to Him. And so let remind you that you are loved by God. There is nothing you could do that could ever stop Him from loving you. There is nothing you could do that would ever separate us. He just loves you wholeheartedly and with all that He is. But the problem comes because you and I as humans, we are sinful. We mess up, we make mistakes and we put the distance between ourselves and God. And so Jesus Christ in His grace and His compassion, He came down to earth because He knew that we could never pay the way back. 
we could never pay that debt of sin and of mistakes. And so He took it all upon Himself so that you and I could be in the family. He is the one who opened the door for us. He paid the due so that we could be in the family. And all He asks us to do is to accept His gift of eternal life. And so with every head bowed and eye closed again, I just wanna give this moment that if there is anyone in this room who you are like, I need to say yes to Jesus today, this is your moment. And so on the count of three, I'm just gonna ask you to be bold and be brave and just to raise your hand and say, Jesus, I'm saying yes to you. One, two, three. It's so good. It's so good. Church, we're gonna pray this prayer all together. So if you would repeat after me, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for all of my mistakes. Thank you for rising again and being my Savior. Today I choose to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we please give it up for that decision? Incredible. Take it away. Amen.